1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Board YouTube channel for some more content here on Thursday afternoon. Myself and Kirk Evans go live here every 2.30 p.m. Every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time to break down some weekly NBA takeaways. And uh, today we have a bit of a treat for everybody. We're going to be discussing John Morant. We're be discussing the Toronto Raptors. And we're going to be discussing the Los Angeles Clippers as well. Um, before we get started, I want to remind everybody to... Smash the like button on this stream if you are enjoying any of the content that you see today. Uh, And also, subscribe to the channel as well because we got content like this every Thursday, as I said. But weekdays, we have the Pick and Roll live stream with myself and Pips NBA. And we go free picks every morning over there. So, be sure to uh subscribe to the channel take a look at the schedule that we have here i'm definitely not stalling for some audio issues,
0: issues. I'd, uh, so uh, i think I, I think i figured myself out give me 30 seconds here all right all right uh, I, I, uh, I i i uh i'll explain in one second here my voice my is voice playing is playing through your, your end. through your end
1: make sure make sure headphones are in headphones are in i'll give uh i'll give him some time here but um bef-
0: we're gonna be talking gonna be about, be these, talking yeah, about these, these i think i'm here i think i'm here I still, hear, I still myself hear myself coming back on, coming on, your on your end. Really?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: What? All right. Give me a second.
1: Okay. We'll give him a second here. But uh, yeah, a couple of things that uh, that we're going to be discussing here. So uh, we're both in the Toronto area. We've got some, at least I have some very harsh words for the Toronto Raptors today because um, they have been just just awful this season, and it, it seems to be getting worse more so than getting better. Uh, we're going to be discussing John Morant because he had a sensational return to action for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, they're 7 and nineteen, but with a lot of time left, how much is John Morant really going to affect this team going forward? And uh, finally, we have the Los Angeles Clippers, who we were kind of harsh on to start the season. I mean, to start the James Harden era, naturally, they lost six games in a row. But since then, I mean, kind of feel like this is a team that you scream out their failures and whisper the accomplishments because they've won nine games in a row. They have looked tremendous, but... Let's not get too far ourselves. Audio issues have been sorted. Let's go to the first topic here and talk about John ja Morant. All right. Nice of you to join us, Kirk Evans. Um, but Now we can't. Oh, my goodness. Now we can't hear you, man.
0: <laughs> now we, I can't hear myself. Got, got, me, got me. Got me. Got me. All right. So looks
1: like we're, we're all back. good now. We're back. We're back.
0: Tough tough start, but can't can't go any worse from here.
1: And that's exactly what we could say about the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> they started six and nineteen. That
0: transition,
1: nice little segue into this one. But John Morant returned, dropped thirty-four points, six rebounds, and eight assists, as well as a buzzer-beater game winner over the Pelicans. Uh, let's before we talk about the Memphis, Memphis as a whole, John Morant and his first performance here. Um, wondering if you saw it and if any comments you had on the performance overall. Did it surprise you, perhaps?
0: Um. I wouldn't say it surprised me. I thought he looked very solid. Um he looked like Ja to me. I think that it's a it's an, it's a bit of an interesting uh comeback right now because Ja is actually like the perfect player to come back from Memphis. Obviously that's not that surprising. Their team's totally built around him. But that being said, you look at the rest of the roster and it's, I, I was looking, I was thinking, okay, this is time to buy some Memphis stock, maybe, you know, take them over wins to make the playoffs, something along those lines, but they just, they like, they're starting uh, Bismack still, their, their, their depth is just really rough, so I thought he looked good, but again, just watching that game, you kind of realize how much talent drain has happened on this team. Even irrespective of Ja.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously decimated by a lot of injuries. Uh, we had our laughs about Biggs Mac Biombo starting consistently in a previous episode, so no need to dwell on that one. But um, back on the Ja Morant situation, um seven and nineteen, like obviously they're well off the pace at this point, but you don't always need to have a winning record to get into the play-in tournaments. So do you think there's still hope in this Memphis season or do you think they'll kind of let things fizzle out, look towards near the bottom of the, of the NBA standings for draft purposes?
0: I don't think they're going to bottom out just because it's too, uh, until pretty late. It's just so such a like drastic failure for them, for them to be tanking, uh, especially like this early in the season. But you look at the West standings, you know, Houston and and Phoenix are like a game, two games above 500 and they're in the wrong side of the play-in. So it's going to be tough to uh, really get in the mix, but I think, I think they'll fake get in the mix. But again, they're still not like, they're just not really a a good team. I, I don't even think I would have them as a top team, 10 team in the West, even with Ja right now. Like for example, today, obviously he's maybe not full fledged back and smart still hurt. But they um, they they're two point favorites at home to the Pacers on a back to back. The Pacers would be dogs to all the top ten teams in the West, other than maybe Houston right now. And then, and this doesn't even include a Golden State, who I think is like eleventh in the West as well. So it's not like Ja comes back and they're you know now going to be priced as one of the best teams in the West and they can rattle off wins. They're still just not very good. And, and okay. you said decimated by injuries as well. Like, Smart's coming back, who will help. Ja, also, as he plays more, they'll probably get a bit more respect in the market. But they're not, um, like, the, the guys who are hurt, Steven Adams, Clark, those guys are, uh, Kennard will be back soon ish, but those guys are not, uh, you know, coming back anytime soon. And that's kind of what they need. They need Steven Adams, they need Brandon Clark. I think they said Brandon Clark's targeting post all-star break but a little bit of an aaron Rodgers situation there i'm not sure he's <laughs> going to be back that early from a Achilles.
1: yeah that one uh surprised me a little bit with brandon clark as well um uh, kind of i was going to ask you follow up what do you think like market-wise because obviously record-wise they have a long way to go here but uh, market-wise do you think they're going to slowly start to build respect like perhaps like, do you really think this team is still bad? Do you think maybe there's going to be a slight edge on Memphis as far as the spread is concerned for the maybe next week or so? Do you think it's being priced accurately here?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, so I'm, I'm, I bet against them this morning. So okay. I guess I don't, I don't think they're undervalued currently. I think uh, the, the price came out a bit steep for me. Yeah, j- just kind of like I've been saying, I, I don't really think that this is a, a very quality team, even with job ja back. I think the path for them, which it doesn't seem they're taking, is play a lot of Jaron at center, open up the court as much as possible, and try just being really good on offense. Because right now, they're kind of not great on D and just terrible on offense. I think Jaron can can lead them to being fine enough on D. And then I think that if they open up the floor, played Aldama, Canard, Smart, Job, Bane, you know, and then have xavier tillman and jaron as your centers and try not playing two bigs quite as much maybe they could lift up to you know around a league average offense and a slightly above average defense and that and then you're you know you're a plus net team and you could start stringing some wins together but right now even with ja you know they're probably like a bottom five offense and then does also a pretty bad defensive player and i think ja yep. I think, I think a big point of job, which I haven't mentioned yet is that I think he's just pretty overrated as a player in the general discourse. Like, what is he the eighth best starting point guard in the league? You know, let's, there there are a lot of really good point guards, but you know, if you're bringing back a bottom end top 10 starting point guard, you're not, you're just not going to quite leap into, you know, being really good if you're 17 or sorry, seven and 17 and you add like. You know, he's probably like a mid-20s best player in the league. That's a really good player, but not a not a guy who's going to just completely change your trajectory if you're struggling this much.
1: All right. Uh, makes sense. I was thinking that there could be some buy-in on Memphis on spreads. There's been the opposite, perhaps an overreaction from the markets. Uh, this one against the Pacers actually opened up at minus four and a half for the Grizzlies, which was blasted down immediately. And just throughout the day, it's been hit all the way to a two and a half spread. So uh, yeah, perhaps and, right. And that's what
0: Miles Turner gang ruled questionable as well.
1: All right. So definitely some, some pushback on any Memphis success here. So we'll monitor yeah. them. And I, um,
0: I, I, I will say like, I totally, I, as I just said, like, I totally agree with that steam. I, I think I played four and a half and four this morning.
1: Interesting stuff. Um, Eric in the chat asking about the Grizzlies to make the play in at plus five seventy five at Caesars. Um, any, any, opinions on the Grizzlies in that market at that price.
0: I haven't looked. It honestly sounds pretty good. I'm just trying to pull out. I'm just going to pull out the West standings right now. I just want to quickly see what they're dealing with. So right now it's Houston Phoenix. Yeah, no, that, that honestly sounds really good because they're not going to make it above it. They're not playing. They're not getting to seven or sorry to six. No. No, the jazz jazz portland san antonio they're tanking they're done so really memphis needs to get past the 12th and 11th that is tough though because none of these teams are like just kind of like what i was saying will any of these teams really fall off the the grizzly are worse than all of these teams you know it's not like they get job back and now they kind of have a chance to catch them like you would still project them out as playing worse you know, than the Warriors. I would definitely have them worse than the Warriors on a neutral. Clearly, okay. multiple, multiple points worse than the Suns. And then anyone above eight. The Rockets is really the team that you could picture them being better than. But even still, the Rockets have such a lead. And they're so good on D that they'll collect wins. So, so it's just such a such a climb but plus 575 that is pretty interesting because it's you know all they need to get to 10 you know all you need is a steph injury and the rockets fall off and then you've got a really good chance so i don't hate it but i'm not running to bet it
1: yeah it'd have to be so that's about 14 15 chance implied sorry implied odds on that is 15 percent ish so would the Grizzlies make the play in 15% of the time from this? I don't know if I can go quite that high as a, from a percentage standpoint. Because I, I just, the only team I can see, like, maybe fizzling out a little bit is the Rockets. If they start to look at draft picks a little bit more. But, like, with the Doka and the they way they're playing, their, I, I'm they not sure. They don't have their pick?
0: uh I- um, they either it's either top four protected or totally unprotected. I, I want to say it's totally unprotected to OKC.
1: Okay. They, I mean, if they don't have a draft pick. I mean, then.
0: Yeah. They, then, I think that was honestly no a big reason why they went out and got Brooks in. Right. Cause they didn't Yeah. It's protected. Protected
1: one through four. You're right. One uh, four. So there's no, there's absolutely no reason for the top 11 in the West to at all lose this team. So I, I, I think that's a, that's, that'd be really tough for the, yeah. uh, for the, for the Grizzlies, but let's move on to our next team here. Uh, I think I didn't
0: realize how bleak it was for them. Honestly, not now that I looked at the standings. Yeah. (laughs) Six
1: and 19 (laughs) is a hell of a start, man. (laughs) That's, that's quite a ways to go. Um, let's move on to the Raptors. This one literally and figuratively hits close to home for us. So we'll have perhaps some harsh words. I'm going to have some harsh words here. We, I see some questions in the chat. We will get to the questions as well after this, so keep the questions coming, and we will discuss them. But I, uh, I cannot wait any longer. I want to talk about the Raptors. 11-16 on the season. They are uh, in 12th place in the Eastern Conference here, even lower than the Chicago Bulls, who had that horrible start to the season. And one of the bigger concerns for the Raptors is they do not have control of their first-round pick this season. They had traded away top six for the Spurs at the 2023 trade deadline. Uh, let's go to you first of all kirk evans what are the next steps for this team like what do they do to get anything out of this
0: season well this season's the, to, to me what you need to get out of this season is hopefully a top six protected pick or sorry a top six pick and and some assets is is really what they need to do i feel like we kind of go over this every time it's like they should trade og pascal gary Trent. Get whatever you can, even if you're selling at 60 cents on the dollar, they're depreciating assets. OG can walk, Pascal can walk, and even Pascal resigning, his trade value is going to diminish. He's getting older. And every minute Pascal plays with Scotty, it's like we're playing Scotty in a position that isn't ideal for him. And this team should be completely built around Scotty. We should see what Scotty is, how good we can get Scotty if we put him next to shooters and really say, you're the guy, let's go. So I think that's really it. I think that's what you try getting out of the season. You try getting, you know, assets and and a better picture of what the young guys on the team are, but what will they do? Who knows? It's it's been a real mystery this whole time. What's uh,
1: so, so yeah, I, I echo those statements completely. We've talked about it. What are your thoughts so far on new head coach, Darko Ryakovic?
0: Yeah, so we, we talked about this a little little bit on Twitter. Um, I think you said that, that the sample is getting pretty big. I would still say it's a pretty small sample. You look around the league at, at new coaches, you know, let's say like Mosley, um, uh, Dagnalt, uh, Taylor Jenkins, all those guys, like whatever, signed the last four years. I wouldn't say through 30 games, you would have had a great feel of, of how good they are as head coaches, but it hasn't been encouraging. Um, we don't that's, play. That's an understatement. Don't, but I will say to his defense, like right now, I'm not looking at it as a disaster. To me, the disaster is that the front office thought that Nick Nurse was the problem and Nick Nurse might be the best coach in the whole NBA. Like we, we play a gross style of basketball that's hard to watch. But we also have players who, you know, are not conducive to a to pretty style of basketball. Like Schroeder can't shoot. He's also not a starting point guard in the league. Scotty's playing awesome, but a bit of a clunky fit. Very clunky fit next to Pascal. Pascal should be a good fit, but we don't have any shooters or ball handlers. So we ask him to play a role he shouldn't. OG should fit really well, but is the best shooter in the starting lineup and then pertle also is like good solid center but since we have no spacing it's hard to, for him to fit in offensively so I think you know I probably think slightly less of Darko than I did to start the season but I also think it's a tough spot to be in
1: okay I see where where I push back on that um so I'm, I'm of the opinion that like Like, we're 27 games, and literally nothing is going in the correct direction right now for Darko. Like, like no signs of a process in place, any steps in place for this team to progress forward. Like, it just, it's the exact same product as it was on day one, and here we are on game 27 here. In 20 out of 27 games, they've had a 10-point deficit or greater at some point. 15 out of 27, that 10-point deficit or greater has been in the first half. And like like yesterday, just sums up so many of, of the poor things. Like not putting Jokic in pick and rolls, like really at all during the game, is is ho- horrible game management from a coaching standpoint. Like how, how can you not recognize that as a way to attack this team? Um, on top of that, we all know Dennis Schroeder is not a starting point guard. We all know except for Darko because Dennis Schroeder had a 41% usage in the fourth quarter against the Nuggets. Scotty Barnes was 20. That's less than half. <laughs> Siakam was 18. That's also less than half. You combine Scotty and Pascal's usage, you do not equate to Dennis Schroeder's usage in the fourth quarter. So there's another le- like area. People want to say, okay, well, the point guard isn't as good. Then why are we using this point guard like he's the freaking best player on the team? That's another level I have against the coach here. The, the inability to recognize what he has here. Cause obviously the roster, the biggest problem is the roster. The biggest problem is the front office, but like to not recognize what he has here. Like sometimes the Raptors, like again, that Hornets game recently, where they were down 10 in the first half. Again, they win by 15 box doesn't really reflect how the game went. It's almost like the talent on the team is hiding some of this and it just they just stumble over the line because Siakam is really good and Barnes is really good. Like, he was exceptional yesterday. So for, from that perspective for me, like, I see no signs of progress for the coach. So I, I, I can't even give him the benefit of the doubt anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. But again, it's like Schroeder, like, he, he's, he was brought in as the starting point guard. He's the only player on the team who, who is a guard who can dribble. I agree he's probably used too much and also like Jokic pick and rolls it's like yes I agree you want to that's clearly the best way to attack Jokic on defense is going at him in pick and rolls but like what's the pick and roll combo on the Toronto Raptors that really makes much sense like Scotty Scotty can have the ball in his hands and run pick and rolls but like Jokic the reason Jokic is not great at covering pick and rolls is because he has to kind of play in space but we don't have anyone who you really respect their shot so he doesn't have to come up that high on the floor he definitely doesn't need to be worried about anyone bombing threes off the pick and roll he can just kind of play a normal drop and and be fine so I don't I don't disagree with you on your Darko take it's just like we have a laundry list of problems and like Darko's at the at the bottom of it, you know? Oh, it, I don't think he's at it, the bottom. But, but by the time, but not so much, maybe he's really bad, maybe not, but by the time it matters that Darko is a good coach or not, it's like, we're gonna be, it's gonna be four years from now and we're probably gonna have fired him already. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like the problems with the team that matter are, we have a team that doesn't fit, we have players whose contracts are going, the front office seems completely refusing to trade anyone. So, you know, we're, we're 11 and 16. Doesn't matter that much if we're going to be 41 and 41 or 37 and whatever, 45, based on the coaching. Just doesn't matter that much to me, considering all the other things that need to be dealt with.
1: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. There's a whole bunch of things that need addressed. I, I just like, oh, my God, watching this team every game is just such a pain. Because- it's horrible. It's horrible. This like he just doesn't know how to prepare this team to play an NBA basketball game. And you're right; it doesn't matter because, like, what, like, how much of a difference is going to make? And it, they're not going to fire him this season. Um, like, likely the earliest he'd be fired is one year from from right now. Like, you know, this sample into the next season to see if things are. Over. And even then, that might be too early with this team. But um, I'm I'm starting to feel like I would hate to put like a decent core in place and have him run that like. It just That's it just right. doesn't feel like any steps are being taken. How much of that is roster, and the roster being bad? I guess that remains to be seen. But i um, i am I am very much not encouraged, and i uh, I do not expect about you know what. Sorry, my expectation is that this will not work with him as coach at any point.
0: I think I agree with you, but ju- I just want to illustrate quick what. Um the differences between nurse and Darko so far this year, nurse looked at our team and, and I actually kind of am sad. I didn't realize this point prior to the year, I know what you're going to say, but nurse looked at this team and said, look, we're not good. Like we're not good enough offensively. That's clearly an issue. We're going to spam the possession game. We have long athletic players. We can just grab a bunch of offensive rebounds, force a ton of turnovers. And it's going to be like with nurse, No one ever thought that when we were playing under Nurse that the basketball looked pretty. It looked horrible as well, but we were destroying teams in the possession game, and we were actually pretty good, but Darko kind of looked at it and was like, okay, let's see how we could play, you know, a nice style of basketball. Immediately didn't work, and now we're kind of just throwing crap at the wall, so I just, I do, again, I do think that I'm a bit less harsh than you on Darko because that is a really hard position to be in as a first year coach with this roster.
1: I I, I can't, I can't do, I can't give him the benefit, like (laughs) to not run Siakam post-ups to, to that alone, just to never run Siakam post-ups when that is clearly your best offensive weapon, your best play. Like when you're struggling Siakam post-ups, like that's tried and true. It's going to work when he does it, it does work. And he doesn't do it like even in the toughest moments. So like, I get all these like benefit, like you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's early, but there's just these, these easy things that he's just not picking up that give me that lack of hope. And uh, Eric said, I am in, I am in pain. I am in a lot of pain (laughs) as you can tell. Um, But I get it. 27 games. You want to give him like, like you understand the pro like the, the, the roster is bad. And, and like, this is what he's trying to implement his own system and whatnot. But like I'm, I'm, I can't buy it anymore. I don't know. I, I just can't buy it anymore.
0: No, that, that's, I'm with you. And also the whole Pascal thing has been really strange. Like why did, do, why does it seem like the whole raw, like the whole franchise hates Pascal. He's been nothing but great for us. Yeah. Like why, why have we like iced him out? We don't play him the much. We don't give him the ball. He seems like he's pissed. Like it, it just all doesn't make sense. Yeah
1: big time big time all right um i think i could do this all day so let's uh let's move <laughs> on here and uh, it and stop evolves
0: into raptors talk like this
1: yeah well th- that's why i wanted to do an actual segment on the raptors today so we scheduled no, in no, the it's segment a tough, it's we,
0: a tough time to be a fan it really is yeah i Very i put much out so. the, the my uh bottom 5 hopeless uh franchises and i think i put the raptors as number 1 but prop i think based Oof. on um on review they should be two to the bulls but those are those are really the two of like very similar no 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 the pistons the pistons can go backward like accidentally and get the first overall pick and the first overall pick can be incredible and then you're fine but like the raptors don't really have a path to that
1: Uh, but they already have their their
0: yeah but scotty's not
1: gonna be like the best guy we need a bunch more pieces I know, but at least like we don't we like we have the guy we can build around going forward. I don't know if the Pistons have that. That's that's that, I think that's yeah. But the we have the guy who,
0: can, who we can build around, but he's gonna go. He's going into his fourth year. We're about to max him out, and we have no piece around him. And like we that's need true. A completely All right, they're bottom five for sure. He's also he's also so Scotty's now kind of good enough that like it's gonna be hard for us to be you know the worst team in the league with Scotty. So mm-hmm. the path to getting stars with him. In Toronto, is tough. it's tough. So, yeah, they're they're both. The Pistons Ooh. were on the list as
1: well. I didn't think you could make me feel worse about the Raptors <laughs> today, but I think you managed to do so. All right, off <laughs> on the Raptors. Let's go to the Clippers here. The other side of the NBA spectrum at the moment because we were harsh on them. They were 0-6 after the Harden trade, but now they've won nine games in a row. Kawhi Leonard has played in every single game this season, which is a feat I was not expecting after 27 games. And they look good. Harden had a bit of a breakout performance recently. Uh, In that breakout performance, we saw a lot of like the team morale seemingly grow and showcases of that growth. Like Kawhi Leonard going crazy on the sidelines on the bench for Harden. Like you never see that emotion out of Kawhi at all, let alone for a teammate doing something. So it just seems like the vibes are really up right now. Kawhi is playing some just outrageous basketball. Like he's on like a, 11 or 12 game stretch shooting like above 50 from the field above 50% from three, everything seems to be clicking at the moment. How serious are you taking this run for the Clippers and in a West where it doesn't feel like there's a dominant force right now. Can they be the force to be reckoned with?
0: Yeah, I I think there's still some big questions for this team as a playoff team, but I think they're really good. And, and I think, you know, we were critical of them when they lost all those games, with Harden, but we also said that they need to send Westbrook to the bench. And yeah. ever since then, I don't, I, have they lost yet since the Westbrook's gone to the bench? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it it has worked out really well for them because they actually do have some nice pieces they can play with uh, PG, Kawhi, and Harden. But yeah, I think they're really good. And, and this can going to be a weird statement because normally guys, you know, who you would say are underrated are like kind of new up and coming or not mega stars, but is Kawhi the most underrated player in the league? Like, the guy is insanely good. Like, past you know probably regular season wise, Joel and Jokic. Like, how many guys are better than Kawhi? He he maybe doesn't have quite that crazy usage, but he's so efficient. And this mean he's been completely insane for like 80 games now. Of like after the first 20 ish games of last year. He's just being completely ridiculous. So he he might be really underrated. I feel like people don't really talk about how insanely good Kawhi is. So So,
1: uh, yeah, last 12 games for Kawhi, he's 59% from the field, 52% from three, averaging 29.3 points, six and a half rebounds.
0: (laughs) It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Look, he's kind of Uh, a weird pseudo Kevin Durant. Like they're kind of have similar like games of like, they take tough shots and they all go in. Kawhi maybe gets to the basket a bit more and is also probably a better defender.
1: I think people recognize that when Kawhi is healthy, he's like comfortably a top five player in the NBA. I think what's just, he's not been taken as seriously recently because he just misses so many games. And- Hasn't missed any this year. Yeah, this year he hasn't missed any. And the Clippers have talked about it and said, like, we, we he has to play every game. They had that horrible run. And he has to play every game and he's doing so well with it. So me's me, kind of thinking, like, hey, why haven't they been doing this the whole all along? Because it has always felt like the Clippers have not been able to establish continuity throughout the season. I, I push back on people who say regular season doesn't matter. It does matter. You need to build up these relationships, this chemistry, this continuity, and bring that into the playoffs. You need to hit the ground running the playoffs. You can't just get to the playoffs and figure it out. Like, how many, how many examples have we had? of teams supposedly get to the playoffs and figure it out who don't figure it out. Like even the heat last season, like, is that not the most the team that builds like the most continuity of all? That is a big deal for an eight seed to get to a finals. The Clippers have just never had that. So this year having that, you know, right after the trade, I said, I'm not concerned. I'm not scared of this team because of the injuries and the, the I, I don't take them as seriously, but definitely starting to do that now, considering Kawhi playing like this. Paul George is playing. Uh, I don't know if he's played in every game, but he's played close to every game. He, if he, not, he's
0: been out a couple for sure. He was out last night,
1: but uh, like, he's not resting any games. He, if he's healthy, no, he's no. playing these games. For sure. Harden looks much more fit, um, much, m- well, much better conditioned. He started to shoot the three ball a lot better and getting kind of his mojo back. So yeah, I like, I don't know. I I haven't been super high on the nuggets uh, not convinced the Thunder will keep this all season. We've said that, I mean, Minnesota is 20 and 6, but why don't like we're not super considering them a, like a monster threat, like a force to be reckoned with? It could be the Clippers, it, it could very well be the Clippers in the West. Uh, if things keep going in this vein,
0: no, I, I totally, I actually think that's like the most important point. Is as you look at the West, and there's a lot of good teams, but you, you could tell me nine teams come out of the West, and I wouldn't be like. Wow, that's completely yeah. insane. So, yeah. look, I think, I think out of that nine would be the Warriors and the Pelicans. That that would be decently surprising, but it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. So, no, yeah, why not? I agree. Why not? It could definitely be the Clippers. I, I don't think it will be necessarily, but I, I like their roster for the playoffs. The only thing is Harden is a bit of a weird fit in the playoffs because he, he really cannot move laterally at all. But they can stick them on the worst player and honestly, they could bench him and not play them that much again in certain matchups, but play them a lot in in other matchups when you can get them on the floor. So yeah, I think I think they're really good. And they're gonna be really good in the regular season. They're they're right now regular season wise, like they're they what would they play the nuggets right now? Maybe they'd be one point worse on a neutral. So they're they're really good
1: yeah uh wanted to also touch on russell westbrook i i i gotta feel bad for russ he's still very capable he just doesn't fit with this team um paul They're george capable,
0: he, he's afraid. a very
1: capable nba player like yeah oh uh, sure he's sure, he's starting caliber i think on, a, on, a, I on a good amount of teams you don't think yeah. so no, he does no, really it. well in his minutes well, because, with this team
0: because westbrook's the type of player who you need to build around, but he's not good not enough good. to yeah. be built around. So like, yeah, fine. In like an alternate world of like playing like more, you know, with the top 30 players in the NBA, I'd rather what Russell Westbrook than Javon Carter. But like, if I have other good players on, I just rather Javon Carter de- defend and not soak up possessions and stand in the corner and hit threes.
1: That's fair. I, so I guess for the time being, then kind of doomed to the bench of this team, but I think he's great a great player to have player
0: off the bench. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can run some, some lineups and, and some interesting stuff when, uh, when, uh, if you want to go like centerless or harden on the bench, you can get Westbrook really going downhill against certain matchups and, and get open shots.
1: Right. Makes sense. All right. Let's get to some questions from the chat here. Uh, we had a few come in earlier. So Matt wanted to ask, uh, first of all, appreciate his content. We appreciate you viewing, Matt. Thank you so much. Two questions. First of all, thoughts on the MVP race. And uh, there's a question regarding any teams to make or miss the playoffs that you're interested in. So let's go to the first question, MVP race. So with this show, we are, uh, we do have the ongoing Nicole Jokic MVP bet. That looked real good for a couple weeks or at least a week after that one was placed. That was placed on... November 9th. So for a few weeks after his place looked great, Jokic had been unbelievable. Last two weeks, it's been just like, the only word I have for this is is strange, bizarre run for Jokic here where he's just not scoring. Uh, like the shots he would normally score, his scoring has dropped. And coinciding with that, Embiid has taken a monster step forward. Uh, so Kirk, your thoughts on the MVP race at this current stage?
0: Yeah, um, I think Jokic still is a great shot. I think it's pretty much a two-man race between Jokic and Embiid. I know people will say Luca, Shea, maybe Halliburton, but I don't it's, think really any of yeah. them have have a realistic path. So one of the reasons I really liked Jokic bet is because Hu'll have the narrative this year. They got it wrong last year, and mm-hmm. I think people know that. So Joel's been ridiculous. I think I think the pricing's pretty fair right now. Joel's been like the best player in the league for the last Three weeks, but you know, going forward, Joel and Jokic probably will play around the same. I think Denver's probably a little bit better as a team. Joel probably has a bit more injury risk. So, you know, I'm not I'm not placing any bets. I've placed a lot of bets on Jokic MVP already, but I think I think it's around fair. I think it's a two-man race. I think they're probably both, you know, 45% chance, and then I'll give 10% chance for. You know, injuries and a wild runaway, but it's a little hard for me to see that the Sixers are going to be this good for the rest of the season. Like, they're just not that good of a team. So, I think Denver has a little more sustainability as a team. Jokic has less injury risk than Joel. So, look, I, I could easily see Joel winning this award, but it's a pretty much a two man race, and, and I could see it going either, though.
1: Yeah, I think Jokic once he starts to get going again, this will be uh, more back to uh, more back towards them being closer to the same price. Uh, the recent uh, straw poll from ESPN has shifted the lines here. Yesterday, Jokic was still favored. Uh, today, Joel Embiid is uh, looking where we bet at FanDuel. Jok- Jokic is plus three hundred, and Embiid is plus one seventy five. We got Jokic at plus two seventy, but I think there's a there's a bit of an overreaction market from the straw poll. That that matters because these are people actually who have votes for the MVP, but we're very very early goings here. Yeah,
0: it doesn't. The straw poll. Who cares about the straw poll? Twenty seven games and We'll we'll talk about the straw poll. You know, sixty five games in. Yeah, uh, agreed. Oh, um and not to not make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I actually think. Let me see if this is still around. I think Canby had the Pacers to not make the playoffs. I like plus two hundred. Um, I thought that was pretty good.
1: Okay, so. Um if you got Bet Rivers, Unibet, Sugar House, um, who else? Is that it right now? Oh, I in Ontario, Leo Vegas. North Star if you're in Ontario. Like, Vegas, like North, Star you're in Ontario yeah. North Star as well. If you have access to those, then perhaps have a look over at Paces I maybe mean, the playoffs plus yeah. That's an interesting one. They uh, they're in a bit of a they're in a bit of a dry spell since the in season tournament, but yeah, I, I I can still I can still see yeah. them strength yeah, in getting like, this
0: getting to playoffs. i think they've got like a pretty reasonable path to make the playoffs but
1: yeah 200, 200 seems like it, you're just getting really good at
0: they're eighth in the east you know maybe they could jump the calves but they're still a couple games back and the calves will get healthy eventually and then you know brooklyn right now is probably just as good as them i would still probably make atlanta better than them and Also just a team being so one player reliant. Like they are really, really shallow past Auburn, And I just don't make them that good of a team, but not, not, not like a banger. I haven't really looked at that market that much, but um, just in my opinion, a pretty solid, like maybe 5% plus EV bet.
1: All right. And uh, next question from Irma's Curry, bro. Talks about worth betting Pistons beating the jazz jazz are decimated today with injuries. Pistons are favored in an NBA game today. What's this? I don't know what the streak is quite at. It's in the mid twenties of losses. In a row the Pistons, twenty-four losses in a row. They're favored over the Utah Jazz. Pistons in Detroit tonight, minus two and a half. Do you think any value left on the Pistons today?
0: No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I look at this line; as pretty fair. Um, the Pistons are terrible, but this is also this is a tough price. The Jazz have no one playing. Clarkson's out, Lori's out, like some some more random guys are out. Um, yeah, yeah. Yurtovin's out. But and and Utah's on the back half of a road back to back, so this is a pretty tough spot. <laughs> yeah, if I were to bet, I probably would bet on the Pistons. I think I think I made this game like minus, like I slightly favored the Jazz oh prior to marketing being ruled out, and I probably would carry them around three points. So maybe a little bit of value if you could find an off market line, but I'm I'm not rushing to bet that I, I haven't bet this game. I kind of regret not taking the plus one and a half that was out there earlier, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be running to bet uh Pistons <laughs> at this price, but it's not, I, I, if I had to pick a side, I'd probably go like the minus two and a half plus a hundred at pin. It's a bit off market anyway. So I don't hate Jeez. it, but it's uh. The line's nearly fair to me. I think maybe three would probably be around fair.
1: Looking at the upcoming games, the Pistons, this is, they got to take this one. Like if they're going to win a game, this probably has to be it for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there is, look, not not that they haven't been trying to win the last 24, but after you lose 24 games, like maybe they'll be a little more willing to play Alec Burks and Boyan rather than, you know, Sasser and, and Killian
1: yeah agreed agreed um apparently the uh pacers number is 138 now at bet rivers not to make Sorry, the playoffs so yeah I, that I was, one i, I think
0: it's weird because i think i checked two days ago and it was uh that's before the pacers won last night but it must have moved off
1: yeah um it happens um eric would rather walk in legos for three hours straight than bet the pistons As he comments that's fair. um May have to I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm certainly not putting money on the Detroit Pistons. All right. Last question here from Pranav asking about Scotty's improved three point percentage. How much signal is there in the improved three percentage, given that his free throw percentage has remained the same? So I guess the question would be, do you consider that this three point jump is for real, considering the fact that he has not improved his free throw percentage? Or is this eventually something that just comes back down? What do you think?
0: Yeah. No, I think that's an awesome point. I think that my answer would probably be some but not that much it's how many threes has he's taken on this year uh probably not that many he's probably averaging like i think he's made he like has a taken
1: 139 threes this season that is 5.1 a game
0: yeah 5.1 a game that makes sense yeah that, that's just nothing that's really a very insignificant amount of threes i think like threes start to regulate far past that we have a decent sample of him not being a very good shooter so I would say some signals still, he's still making the threes. He's taking them very confident and he's taking some tougher ones. So I wouldn't say it's totally nothing, but typically an improve, like if you've improved as a shooter, that also trickles onto the free throw line. So it's not a, a huge signal. And and that's definitely a red flag for Scotty as well. Of A lot of his steps this year has been a shooting, which might just not be real. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't look at it as he's taking a huge leap as a shooter, but you know, it's possible, but just need a bigger sample. Oof.
1: As of right now, his three point percentage is exactly pretty much exactly 10% higher than it was last season. He's at 38.1 last year was 28.1. Um, I, I'm starting to feel like this is kind of for real, like taking them very confidently a lot of these are off the dribble vert. maybe a bit more of these to catch and shoot rather than off the dribble. Like I, I very much can see him 36 plus. I mean, I think I can expect, I think I should start to expect 36 plus percent from three uh, this season, the way he's shooting it. I know it's, it's, it's 27, but like five attempts per game. That's like, that's a solid amount of attempts per game here. Uh, I I'm, I'm starting to get into the believer category On the shot here, 38 might be a touch high, but I think that that this is developing into a person who can be a reliable threat from outside in the NBA.
0: Yeah, so I I agree that that you know I wouldn't expect 28 going forward. Darko has him as I think slightly below 35. I just pulled that up right now. That seems about fair for where we're at. You know, expect around a 35 percent three point shooter going forward.
1: which, and that's very honestly, I mean, that's a that's, that's a significant jump. Step, that's very great good step, a great yeah
0: step. so so yeah i i think you know that's probably fair typically if i'm looking at where i think a guy's three-point shooting is unless there's something really interesting about it i'll just pull up what darko thinks of their threes going forward
1: darko not not to be mistaken with Darko dark but uh the <laughs> yeah darko the, the website
0: yeah or this I mean, all right how um they classify themselves
1: so we're at uh, about 45 here. There, You didn't discuss any bets uh, pre-show, but is there anything one, that you have for us? Oh, you got stuff uh, for us today.
0: I've got one. We, I think right. we lost both last week as well.
1: Yeah, Kobe White uh, was pretty comfortable over the Mike Conley play. That If you followed that, you might want to throw up because he had 11. He had the third and a half line. He had 11 late. So it felt like, okay, maybe he'll grab a, a layup or something. And then I think he hit a late three in a in a tight game. And that what pushed a, him over a by. Half
0: what a point. close. I know I know I do this. It's probably like really they closed
1: and uh yeah. Our our, t- our t- 13 and a half closed twelve and a half. And our uh twenty-one and a half closed twenty and a half on uh, and uh ten cent difference for Kobe White, five cent difference yeah. for Mike Conley. So Kobe we got White not nice complain too
0: much about because that one honestly has like taken off. They he's just scoring at an unbelievable rate. Yeah. Um Conley definitely a built tail thing but it is what it is let's <laughs> let's keep trying here let's get it back um, <laughs> I've only got one here okay I had two but then uh Paul George and Kawhi questionable which sketched me out a little bit so jaw I'm just trying to find what's the best number jaw under nine and a half assists
1: okay uh, looks like minus one thirty at either the score bet or ESPN bet oh, yeah. is best in market. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I would bet it much worse than that. Honestly, that that's a great number.
1: What would you play that to? Oh. Would you say?
0: Uh, I think I played minus one fifty four. I think that's like one point six five ish. So
1: if we got minus one thirty five at MGM, one forty eight at Caesars. You can also snag at uh, better than that number. Um, yeah. Uh, so. On the show this morning john Morant over on points was one of the official bets that's i'm assuming it's gonna be pretty much the exact same handicap here if you want to go through john Morant yeah, at all
0: yeah honestly i think over points is for sure uh the position i would take as well it's just the pacers i think it's a, a really hard thing to put out props against pacers games because the total's like 30 points above what the team's typical little total would be against yep. a normal team but actually, the Pacers let up less assists than the average team. And I think Juzz actually specifically really um, a good player to take advantage of that on because they really struggle with straight line drivers and they don't help. So Juz is going to be able to get by his guy, but they don't help off wing. So that leads to less assists and more scoring. So guys like Giannis, he's played them twice. I think he has like five, six combined assists. Versus them, LeBron put up a four-assist game in the in-season tournament. Anthony Edwards had, had very few assists. Guys who can really just break their man down with athleticism, they don't help. Typically teams that help, you pop out for a three, that's where those assist chances really come from. This is not really the the Pacers' style of of how they play. So yeah, I think it's a great matchup for, for points. That's steamed up, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and we had uh, 29 and a
1: half this morning. That's now like, might even get to 31 and a half of how, by the time that game starts. And exact same. They're going to play him single coverage. Um, John Morant will do well in one-v-one one match they the rim. The Pacers know their defense is bad, so they just you just have to score a, a ton to keep up with them, and you got to do it on, on a ton of twos. They give up the least amount of threes which is where those pop-out assists come from. Exactly. They make you score in a high volume to keep the pace with them. That's the kind of math game they play with their defense because they know it's bad. So that's, um, yeah, same sort of handicap, but we're going to go with the the right under on assists. If you watch this okay. morning, maybe double dip.
0: I, probably not uh, too available now, but if you find like a really strong negative correlation a books giving you on over points under assists, I think it's a rare time where, you know, obviously those probably typically are Somewhat they're probably neutrally correlated if I'm going off Those are, of my
1: head. I, I consider uh an over on points and an under on assists correlated, especially against the pacers, like matchup wise. I'd say that's correlated. Oh, an if
0: over and an under, under, you're saying are positively correlated normally?
1: Yeah, over on points, say, under on right? assists, I would say is positively correlated. You could, you could see it it really matchups.
0: depends on the spot. Like if it's a blowout spot where it's just more minutes dependent, would be more uh Positively correlated. Well, yeah, but you if take the guy, you take
1: the spread into consideration. It's only two and a half expectations. Yeah, exactly, this will be a exactly. close game.
0: So, if you could get a really good number on that, and, and it's off market, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that as well.
1: So, off market would likely be ESPN at this point. So, if you want to even combine those, yeah, you could probably get a really good number on ESPN bet or the score bet for that uh, uh SGP. So, that's the way you want to attack it as well. But for the show purposes, we're gonna lock in that minus one thirty under nine and a half assists at ESPN bet, and that will do it for us today. So by the time we're back, we'll have experienced some Christmas day games. We've we'll experienced the holidays. So Merry Christmas to those who celebrate happy holidays. Anybody who may celebrate something different. If I don't know anything going on, hope you have a great week ahead. We got some great NBA action on the horizon as well. If you enjoy what you saw from the show today, please make sure to hit that like button to support what we do here at the board, the hammers NBA content division. Subscribe as well for all the great content. The channel's not done for the week, though. We have the show coming tomorrow morning with myself and Pips. We might have a special guest prop bomb on this show. We're working on securing the guest for tomorrow. So please stay tuned. Have the notification bell turned on. And uh, myself and Kirk Evans will be back next Thursday covering some more great stuff around the NBA. Thanks so much for watching, everybody.